I want to read a little uh, excerpt to you, just a paragraph from a little book that I've recommended already, um, What If Jesus Was Serious by Sky Jatani. It's a little book that I have found uh, both humorous and compelling as we've been preparing for these sermons in this long series, The Sermon on the Mount. And uh, this paragraph really jumped out at me a couple of weeks ago. Uh, He says, in 2016 in Mumbai, India, they established 16 no-selfie zones across the city after a series of deadly accidents. Mumbai is not alone. The Washington Post has reported that over 250 people have died in recent years while attempting to take selfies, which seems low to me. That's Jatani's little parenthetical remark. The data says drowning is the most common cause of selfie death, followed by vehicles, falling, firearms, animal attacks, and electrocution. I know. It's like one of those stories like, am I supposed to laugh about people dying from taking selfies? But this is funny. It appears our desire to be seen by others is killing us. (laughs) And ironically, Jesus has something to say about that in this sermon. We've been digging into it for the past couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more today. Here's what he says in Matthew chapter 6. We turned a corner in the sermon to Matthew 6 now, and I just want to read it again for you. He says, be careful that you don't practice your religion in front of people to draw their attention. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Whatever you give to the poor, for example, don't blow your trumpet as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so they may get praise from people. I assure you that's the only reward they'll get. But when you give to the poor, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so you may give to the poor in secret. Your father, who sees what you do in secret, he'll reward you. Hmm. We're digging into this little passage by talking about spiritual practices because Jesus talks about three of them that were very popular in his day, fasting and praying and almsgiving or generosity with the poor. And so far, we've set up the conversation like this. We said, when we choose to live as the much-loved children of God, our practices simply help us become the person the story tells us we are. That's really important. First of all, that's good news. When we decide to live as the children of God, you know, that's a really big deal. I know who I am, in other words. Um, practicing simply says, I'm going to become the person, the story says, I'm going to become someone who lives like a child of God. Last week, Jeremiah uh, reminded us, Jesus is not giving us homework in this sermon. Instead, he's helping us figure out how to work the kinks out of our lives so that the Spirit of God can flow more freely through us and out into the world, as we sang a couple of moments ago. He told us it's by the power of God's Spirit that any transformation happens. If I'm going to become, it's because God's Spirit is doing the becoming. Okay, again, that's pretty good news. God will do the work. And it kind of sets me up for the good news that I want to proclaim to us today. If we practice for recognition, Jesus says, we already have our reward. But when we practice to form Jesus-like character, that reward is for now and it's forever. Our motive matters because we always reap what we sow. 
I think it's pretty beautiful that every human I've ever known wants their life to matter in some way. It's apparently hardwired into us because every human being wants to live in a story that matters. In a selfie culture, however, where we're discipled every day, take pictures of everything, post it for everybody to see. And by the way, we're not saying there's anything sinful or wrong about that necessarily. We're just saying we have a culture that our grandparents couldn't have imagined, right? They had no idea what the word selfie was. And, and they couldn't even have imagined that we would all run around taking pictures of ourselves in every possible situation and every meal we eat and all this stuff, and then putting it out there for millions of people to look at. They, they couldn't even have had a category for that. But that's the world we live in. That's what technology has brought to us. And all I think we're asking this week is if Jesus could speak to us today in a selfie culture where we're discipled every day to think of everybody else noticing us, is it possible that what is even more beautiful and important is to do some things in secret? Is it possible that what we do in secret matters even more today than it did in Jesus' day? Now, let me say it again. Our desire to matter is a good desire. I think God gave that to us. There's nothing wrong with wanting a witness to your story, okay, just in and of itself. We're going to be baptizing, we're going to have witnesses to your story, okay? That's part of what's built into that whole idea. Nothing wrong with that necessarily. We're simply saying, know the motive of your heart because it matters. Uh, Kara talked about get real groups. And the very first practice we learn in Get Row Groups is to notice and name God at work in and around me. It also happens to be the foundational practice in our 10 practices for becoming. Thanks to David Kelly for the design on the wall. And uh, Greg and Tracy and David helped install it this week. But you notice over on the left are three learn from Jesus practices. The first one, I notice God at work in and around me. We're going to be talking a lot about these practices for the next 10 months. Every month, we're going to focus on one of them in particular. And for the month of August, that's our practice. I notice God at work in and around me. You know what I think is interesting? God always notices us. We just don't always notice him. Amen? Like, he notices us. He knows you by name. He knows, the Bible says, the, the number of hairs on your head. But we don't always slow down enough or we're not discipled enough to notice him. I think maybe when we care more about being noticed by people than being noticed by our Father, that's what Jesus is talking about when he says, the Father who sees in secret will reward you. In other words, if you're going to become human again, it's more important for that to matter to you than for people noticing that it's happening to matter to you, you know, is that it just becomes a natural outgrowth of God's work in my life. I'm going to dig into that just for just a few minutes. We like to say we're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. Amen? Amen. Did you ever think about the fact that we get to choose how much of that salvation we're going to experience? We're saved by grace. But we get to decide how much that shows up in my daily life. What's my life look like? How much is it going to look like I'm saved by grace? How much am I going to enjoy being saved by grace? The kind of things Kara was talking about a moment ago. Here's how the Apostle Paul wrote it. Now, listen, guys. When we listen to these guys from Scripture, we're listening to ancient letters. This one's about 2,000 years old. He wrote it to people just like you and me in a church, probably a house church in the, in the country of, or city of Philippi. And he says, what I'm getting at, friends, 
is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent, sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself, willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure, what will help his dream for your life to be human come true. In Get Row Groups, uh, we say God is always present and at work. It's God's spirit, as Jeremiah told us last week, his energy that is in us doing the work. He gives us the desire to become. He will help us do the becoming so that his dream gets realized. Listen to me. But we get to decide whether we'll participate. Will I practice in partnership with the spirit or will I not? We get to decide that part. And what I decide about that is gonna make a big difference in how much of that salvation I get to experience in my daily life. Paul, why else would he say, keep it up, redouble your effort. (laughs) Get involved with it. Jesus says, just be careful you don't do it for public recognition. We like to quote Dallas Willard on this front. He says famously, grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. In other words, your motive matters. Am I trying to earn God's favor? Am I trying to earn other people's approval? Or am I just putting in my effort to see what God will do as he works in my life? Our second practice over here in the learn from Jesus category is I choose what I want more. That's all that's going on here, friends. Do I want people's notice? Do I want them to affirm me and approve me and think I'm pretty extra special or whatever? I'm really devoted to God, is that my motive? Or do I want God to do something in my heart that people may not even see right now, but someday it'll come out. It'll come out in the very best possible way because he'll grow my character. Which one do I want more? Jesus is saying, choose carefully. On the one hand, you get the reward right now. On the other hand, you get a reward that starts now and it's also forever. And that is a game-changing reward. If we practice for recognition, The reward is the recognition we get. If we say, God, grow my character, that reward is eternal. Your motive matters. We reap what we sow. Now, friends, I know when, if you've grown up in church, uh, that reap what you sow thing was usually thrown out in negative ways, right? That was, it was, it was mom, or we'll say the Holy Spirit via mom. (laughs) He'd be like, don't forget you're going to reap what you sow. You know, it's like, you reap what you sow one of these days, boy. What if it's a positive thing too? What if we miss the fact that we also get to reap what we sow in a positive way? Listen, the best reward for your salvation is a deeper capacity to experience and reflect God, his loving presence in the world. Listen, Paul the apostle talks about this. Now this letter, he wrote to a different group of people, the city of Corinth. And he says, the one who sows a small number of seeds, and by the way, notice this whole thing is written to the positive. Who sows a small number of seeds will reap a small crop. The one who sows a generous amount of seeds will reap a generous crop. Everyone should decide. Everyone should give whatever they decided in their heart. Don't give with hesitation. Don't give because of pressure. God loves a cheerful giver. God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. And that way you'll have everything you need and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. 
Now, a lot of times when we read that in church, we act like all Paul's talking about is money. He doesn't even name money specifically there. He says, you'll be given every good grace, right? (laughs) For every good work. And so it applies to money, certainly, but it applies to everything in life. If you want a big harvest, sow a lot of seed, you know? If you want a small harvest, sow a little bit of seed. You always reap what you sow. Don't hear what Paul's not saying. He's not saying God's a good father and likes to reward his good little boys and girls by doling out little special gifts to all of them. If you work real hard, that's not what he's saying. He is saying there is a direct link between our effort and the harvest that we get to see. These two things do work together. I put something into practice in my life means I get to become the kind of person with a greater capacity, by the way, for joy. <laughs> if, I become, if I become the kind of person who can take in more joy because I'm more joyful, right? I'm living more in the joy of the Lord. I can handle more joy. Just give me the joy, God. Whatever joy you got, I want all the joy. Amen? Amen. But sometimes we gotta become the kind of people who can feel that joy. And that means we got to practice or more love or more hope or any of these good things. Sometimes I don't think we can handle all the peace that God wants to give us because we've never practiced being peaceful people. We're not giving the Holy Spirit much of anything to work with. It's not about earning something. So God will give you some little rewards as one of the good boys or girls. It's about putting in your effort to say, God, you do in my heart and life what you want to do. I want to become the kind of person who can handle the fruit of the Spirit. And when we do, we get to share more of it with the world. Jeremiah talked about the little water hose last week that he uses to fill the hot tub and how it gets kinks in it and the water can't flow through. It was such a great illustration. I've thought about it so many times this week. And I think that's kind of what Paul's talking about here. He says, let it flow in you and then it'll flow through you out to the world. Or what he says is, God's gonna give you lots of grace and it'll be enough for every good work that flows out to everybody else. Grace in and good works out. But you got to open yourself up for that. You got to practice to get the kinks out so the flow can happen. This, friends, is really good news today. If I practice spiritual things just for the recognition of other people so I look good and they think I'm pretty special and I'm tight with God, that's probably all the reward I'm going to experience. But if I say, God, I do these things because I want to live in your kingdom. I want you to work Jesus-like character in me. That reward is for now and it is forever. (laughs) Choose carefully. We always reap what we sow. Your motive matters for why you practice. One more thought I think Jesus points out and he uses this generosity idea to get at it. He says, here's an example of an internal reward that you develop by embodied practice, internal reward by putting your body into it. Remember what he says, when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, do it in secret, your father who sees in secret, he will reward you. Now in Jesus' day, giving to the poor, it's called almsgiving, a very important spiritual practice. God intended it to shape his people so that his people would live in a certain way that the world couldn't help but notice his generosity because it was in them. You know what they turned it into? (laughs) I'm sure none of us ever do this. They turned it into something performative. Watch me, watch me give, watch how much I give, watch how I give more than anybody else here today. And so it became a performance so that I could impress people with my spiritual devotion 
And in fact, when we do that, it's just one more way. And by golly, we've got enough of this in the world today. One more way to just divide ourselves up into the good little boys and girls and all the other not so good little boys and girls. All the people God loves, all the people we're not sure if he loves. And believe me, that's what had happened over hundreds of years with almsgiving in their culture until God shows up. And God shows up in the form of Jesus and he starts to set it straight. And he's basically saying, people, that's not how any of this works. Your desire to be noticed is killing you spiritually. You want to know what would be really good? Just let your father do the noticing because your father will do the rewarding. Your motive matters because you reap what you sow. Or as Paul put it, everyone should give what they've decided in their hearts to give. Your motive, don't be hesitant and don't do it under pressure. Do it because you want to. Everybody say want to. (laughs) Do it because you want to. I choose what I want more. As we say in Get Row Groups, I get my wanter on the table and I name that. And what a beautiful thing it is. God loves a cheerful giver because they want to sow that seed. So, Practice giving, Jesus says, so you'll become the kind of person who loves to give. I'm going to say that again. Did you, you realize how simple and straightforward that is? Practice giving because givers become the kind of person who loves to give. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in so many of your lives. That's why you practice giving. Now you also give because it's a good cause and you want to support it and you want to be part of it. We all do that around here, which is amazing. But in my own heart, I'm not doing it to impress somebody. I'm doing it because I want to become the kind of person who loves to be generous because my father is generous with me. Amen. And I want more of that kind of character in my life. So I'm going to practice and I'm going to see what God does deep inside of me. N.T. Wright says, what matters is learning to do spiritual practices simply to and for God himself. All the Sermon on the Mount, in fact, is centered on God himself, notice this, who easily gets squeezed out of religion if we're not careful. God gets squeezed out of religion if we're not careful? Yeah. Because we somehow over and over, keep turning it into a way to impress other people and to be noticed instead of to be the ones doing the noticing and just let God notice us. (laughs) And that, friends, is a game changer. When you practice for recognition, there's your reward. But if you practice saying, God, but you form Jesus-like character in me, I want to learn from Jesus, how to love like Jesus, and live as Jesus in this world as if Jesus were me right here in the 573. I want to be that kind of a human. Then God forms that character deep in us and I get to enjoy the reward of it now and forever I'll enjoy it. My motive matters, friends, and yours matters too. Uh, one little thing, I don't even know if this is a good example, but it's the one that came to my mind and it's, it's personal and important to me that I thought of when I was working on this message uh, where I have to practice uh, pausing and asking myself, why am I doing that? Am I doing that to be noticed by people or am I doing that because I think it matters in some other way? is on social media. Anybody ever find yourself pausing before you hit the like or the comment or the share? Sometimes, right? Yeah, especially if it comes to things that might be more ideological in nature of some sort, religious or political or cultural or whatever. You know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, and then my finger's going for it, and all of a sudden I like catch it right in midair, like whoop. Wait a second. (laughs) Why do I think it's so important to like that? 
why, why is it so important for me to share that right now or comment on that? And maybe it's fine. I'm not saying like, I share, like, comment, whatever, right? But I do slow the train down a lot more these days to say, why? Why am I about to practice this? Am I doing it because I want to be seen as the kind of person who would like that post, the kind of person who would make that comment? Or do I want to do it because I think that might be helpful or it might, it might be encouraging to somebody, it might be challenging and thought-provoking to somebody? Is that something good and beneficial to put out there in the universe? And is that my motive? Or do I just want to be noticed as that kind of person who's on that side of things or whatever that is? And so that doesn't always stop me. It just means once the finger gets all the way to the screen, I've already had a heart check. And that heart check is the part that matters. And I think it matters for all of us, friends. What about you? Is it tempting to practice your religion in front of people to draw their attention or affirmation? Because we live in an always seen, always on world, man. You got, you got a million opportunities today to publish your life for everybody, right? What a, what a, what a challenge. But let, let's just reframe it for a minute. What an opportunity that is. Every day we get the chance to pause and say, wait a minute. Why am I about to practice what I'm about to practice? What work is that gonna do? Is it doing a work in me? Or is it just doing a work for me in the eyes of somebody else? What a really, really good question to ask, friends. Choose what you want more, Jesus says. You want recognition now? Or do you want reward from God deep that lasts now and forever? Uh, one thing we've said about the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus isn't giving us like a prescription for living, like take these three commandments and go do them perfectly and you'll be amazing. It, there's some stuff in there to follow for certain, but he's really describing life and the kingdom to us. If everybody wanted to become human again, if everybody always lived by love, this is what it would look like. It would be beautiful. It would be compelling. It would look like the heart of God. And he's just raising the value saying, these are, these motives matter. He's not giving you homework. But I am giving you homework. I'm going to give you a question to ask yourself this week. And I'm going to challenge you pretty specifically to say, look for at least five times to ask it of yourself. And it's the question I named a moment ago. Why am I about to practice my religion like that? <laughs> and just slow the train down. It may not make a bit of a difference in the final action you take, but it might be a great heart check on the way there. You know, just like, Whoop. not just social media, any other thing you're doing. Why am I about to practice my religion like that? Huh. And let God do a little motive check for you. Just ask that question out loud with me. Why am I about to practice my religion like that? You'll get it on the next time. Help me out. Why am I about to practice my religion like that? One more time. Why am I about to practice my religion like that? Just ask yourself that question four or five times this week. And here's what I hope. Maybe they'll bring back the simple beauty of this good news this morning. When I practice for recognition, that reward is in itself. But when I practice to say, God, would you form Jesus-like character in me, that reward is for now and it is forever. My motive does matter because we reap what we sow. And there's such a good opportunity to reap a beautiful and big harvest of Jesus-like character when we practice with hearts that appear before God. Amen?
I'm going to close by just reading these words to you again. I read them from the Apostle Paul a few moments ago. They won't be on the screen. I just want you to listen and take them in. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. Keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation. Reverent and sensitive before God, that energy in you, that's God's energy. It's an energy, the spirit deep within you. God himself, willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure, which, friends, is for us to become people who learn from Jesus how to love like Jesus and live as Jesus would live if he were me. And that is good news. Why am I about to practice my religion like that? Ask it this week. See what the Spirit reveals. Amen?